In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the Internet. One podcast, the Grawlix Podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Hey, this is Ashlyn Yenny from The Human Centipede and recently released Antidote, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. On the fourth day of Christmas, Moose brought to me the right stuff with Claire Fluff Llewellyn. Welcome, Horror Hounds, to another episode of Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host, Moose. Joining me today is seen her at the horror conventions. If you haven't seen her books on Amazon, you're missing out. So, to tell us a little bit more, we have author, poet, actress, jack of all trades, really, Miss Claire Fluff Llewellyn. Hi, how you doing, Moose? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, I think we've ended up at like three conventions together. I never have a chance to get over to your table. I'm always like two tables away, so it's awesome. <laughs> I don't often have the chance to uh, to wander around much. I get stuck at my table and I, you know, you hate to miss a say. It's like, what if I leave? So I've got to get better at doing uh, networking when I'm at these events. <laughs> you tend to always have a good crowd at the con, so you can't really just, oh, sorry, I, I want to go look for myself now. It's kind of a double-edged <laughs> sword when you're going as somebody who's going to sell their stuff. Right. But how's life? How's... You know, the, you know, 2021's winding down. How's this year treated you? Uh, up and down. I guess you could say better than last year because we have been able to get out. So it's been it's been great to get back to the events this year, which really missed the previous year. Um, so that's so that's been good at least. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, just getting back out and seeing people that you haven't seen in a while and seeing. You know, essentially fans and just the different aspects that you missed in 2020. That was a huge shot in the arm for 2021. Right. Oh, yeah, it was it was great. And uh, a lot more enthusiasm and I guess respect, I guess. Sure. For uh, for everyone in the field when you've missed it, you know, you've missed it hard. And I don't think you realize how much you miss it when it's gone, like anything, you know. And so everybody was really jonesing to get back out there, you know, uh, the fans and the guests and, you know, everybody really. And uh, especially the first ones in the year. And the fir- first one I, I went to was um, Jeff O'Neill's Midwest Monster Fest pop-up in end of May. I believe it was a one-day event. Yeah. And uh, that was great. Fantastic turnout. And um, it did quite did quite well there. And uh, yeah, that, was, that was awesome. So It was it was nice to see everybody wanting to return to normalcy. Right. You know, just that, that, that itch for we need 
you know, our lives back to normal. Mm-hmm. So that's at least from, you know, my end, that's what made this year a little bit more fun was everybody had the same goal was we just wanted our lives back. <laughs> right. uh, and with the horror community, the whole mask thing shouldn't really be that much of a big deal. You can get, you can get creative with it and there's, there's some great prints and that's also been a good uh, source of revenue for certain artists to, you know, make prints and make masks and, you know, that turned into a positive really. Right. You know, it, it is a way to just, you know, it, it, it's not like, oh, I have to go to work and I have to wear a mask. Well, no, now you got to have a little fun with it, too. Right, yeah. So, of your many interests, which ones would you say is your, uh, are, which one are you most passionate about? Like, your writing, your filmmaking, you know, which one's, like, your uh, closest to your heart? Uh, writing is, I've always, always been a writer from, uh... <laughs> a very very young age um it was had fun with uh started out as poetry i guess with um at school we were taught the traditional rhyming schemes um authors like Roald Dahl um which he's quite twisted actually <laughs> and yeah. it was really fun and i enjoyed it a lot and we got we made our own greeting cards and stuff and i had a lot of fun with it and then I got into music and I was, uh, turned those into lyrics. And as you're going through stuff in your teens, as, as you do, and uh, it's very therapeutic to get stuff off your chest. And um, so a lot of those lyrics became, uh, feelings became lyrics and I was in bands. Um, and then, you know, you know, the formats of writing just progressed from there. I started writing short stories and... Um, which turned into scripts later on. Um, so, yeah, it kind of snowballs from there. And then it's only in the past couple of years I uh, decided to grow some balls and actually publish some of my poetry because <laughs> I was a bit nervous at first because some of it's kind of deeply personal, if you like, and it's it, it makes you feel vulnerable because you feel like you're exposing your inner truth, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it helped when I've had people say that they can relate to my work because they've been in similar situations and had similar feelings you know I'm not the only one in the world who's been through certain things um so that was that was actually good to hear uh, and I thought well I hope you know my words can help people um so that encouraged me to continue to to, to publish and um, and it's not all you know, teen angst and stuff like that. It's, I cover a lot of a lot of topics uh, in my work, um, and you know, horror is very close to my heart. So the first book was horror themed, just dark and twisted, and it mixes personal with fantasy. So it has covers classic monsters as well, which is fun. <laughs> L- listen to you talk about it. You know, you said you were vulnerable. You know, you, you felt really vulnerable and you know hesitant to publish it. You know, I have to say that a, a lot of poetic works that I've read, the, the more personal they are, the better they are, you know, because you know they come from a deeper connection. Right. So, I mean, you know, you, you know you're working from a place of realism and it connects to a broader audience. 
Yeah, I, I, I get that. There's a there's a truth to it and there's a, a deepness there. Um, it's not kind of like uh, some <laughs> Paul McCartney stoned in the 60s writing now a walrus and play. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How do I relate to that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> right now, on your Facebook page, you're doing Christmas cards, I believe, right? Yeah, I just put out a series of cards from um, most of the pictures. So there's three prints and three, uh, four, and, the, and three of them are from a photo shoot I did a couple of years ago, and then I made a, a calendar. Uh, and obviously the uh, there was a Christmas one for December, and I did a lot more photos in that theme than I put in the calendar, obviously. And uh, so I thought, well, well, do something with these prints, which are, you know, on the darker side, and it's kind of like Christmas devil-ish and naughty, saucy, but like dark as well, you know? Yeah. And uh, there were, and I um, did specific themed verses inside each card to kind of relate to the picture on front um it's just a bit of fun and then i did a krampus one as well and you know that was um you inspired me to do that because you said about doing a christmas poem and i only had one which was in my second book but it's really really long and it's not horror themed it's uh it's really really twisted but it's uh it's humorous but it's not necessarily horror there's some bloody bits in it but it's like <laughs> anyway, but, so i wrote a, a krampus poem which fits nicely on the front of the card with a traditional krampus picture oh nice i can read that to you at any at any point <laughs> yeah i'd love to hear it the festive season is upon us as winter draws ever near the season of giving and making a fuss of folks you haven't seen all year but as the nights grow dark and long and a bitter chill grips the air Take heed the ancient Krampus song, if you've been bad, beware. December 5th is Krampusnacht, when he visits naughty girls and boys. But he punishes the rotten, that's a fact. There'll be no gifts or toys. He'll throw you in his burlap sack and take you to his lair. You'll make a tasty yuletide snack, too late for pleas or prayer. Wicked children cannot hide from this horned and hairy beast. To be good, you must decide. Or the Krampus will come and feast. Ooh, I like that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you read them too. It's very passionate. Oh, thank you. You have to, ha you have to add a little theater. Um, I'm a big fan of Edgar Allan Poe and Vincent Price. And <laughs> he was very theatrical. He's great. I guess that does lead into the next. You know, who are your uh, inspirations for getting you into like the horror community and? you know, leading you down that route as opposed to, say, a brighter, sunnier side? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I thought the, I mentioned two already. On the poetry side, it's uh, Roald Dahl, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Um, on the acting and film side is the, the great classics, Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, um, and slew of others. you got Boris Karloff, Basil Rathbone. I grew up on Hammer Horror. Um, loved all that stuff and just the the atmosphere, the sets, the the colorization, which you know was just 
the colour they had, particularly at the, the time. Um, I'm sure they tailored it to have a specific look, but um, and there's only one film that's come close to capturing that. that I, don't know, I don't even think it was Technicolor back then. Um, I can't think of the, the name of the colour scope then, but um, anyway, uh, the remake of the of the Wolfman with uh, Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins, another great actor. Um, I just love the look of it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of remakes. Some are some are great. A lot are not necessary. But um, that was just a great film. The, the only thing that threw me was the last few scenes with the the cgi werewolf fight it's like you lost me there just no cut that bit out and (laughs) no i i agree and i I think what makes a lot of like the carryover from the universal hammer to now era work is you know the more muted colors and it's not like an in-your-face color scheme right it kind of has that intentionally has that darker feel but it's still mm. bright yeah you know, it, and there's something about that color that kind of adds to the atmosphere you know oh yeah it, it's a very pleasant mix of dark and cheerful it it, it, it yeah. walks that line <laughs> yeah. perfectly mm-hmm. that's why you know uh, people go back to hammer especially for inspiration because there's so much to work with mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as anyone who listens to this knows, I love the Universal Monsters. But, like, that was all black and white. There's, you you got a lot of shadow play, um, Mm -hmm. which is something, to this day, I still love in movies. But when you switch over to Hammer, and you started getting the color scheme and all that, the way that that was portrayed on film was just beautiful like the orange blood that sometimes that was little (laughs) (laughs) well it was also different i mean it made you remember that yes it's a movie right and that's why those are all still great entry-level horror movies for people today Mm -hmm. because the stories are still good the you know they're still kind of scary but they're not going to keep a kid you know under their bed for like a week or give them nightmares for a month you know it's they're good entry level let's get people interested in horror now movies i mean they were a little saucy i mean you did have some you all you know the buxom beauties and oh yeah not a gratuitous nudity but for back then they were they were quite risque you know (laughs) For some reason, my oldest still walk like runs out of the room for nude scenes. It's like okay, that's weird, but whatever. She's fifteen. Awkward. Right, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's it's just like okay, whatever. It's just part of the movie. I don't you know whatever. It, it's interesting to see that those films are still inspiring people. You know, such as yourself to this day. I could guarantee you, if you had a chance to ask anybody that worked on them. They were like, we were just making a movie. We had no idea. So many years later, like Vincent Price, icon. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way he would have known that he would have been such an inspiration to everybody 
to dip their toes into horror. Right. It's his voice and his delivery and just, it's just like, wow. Like, his laugh is, I, I think at some point, everybody tries to imitate his horror laugh. You know, and it, it's just, it, it's fun to... But he did uh, a, a great batch of movies with uh, with Corman, all the Poe adaptations. I love those. Oh, yeah. So that that was essentially a match made in heaven. Mm. You don't always find a uh, role that was not really written for an actor, but just you, you, they, they kind of locked together in perfect harmony. But all this Poe stuff was just perfect. Let's talk your movies. You're making movies. You're acting in movies. Which side of the camera do you prefer to be on? Uh, definitely in front of the camera. Uh, acting is second to writing. Um, making movies is hard work. Uh, I'd have to say my least favorite is producing. Um, but, uh, I'm still dipping my toes in directing. I'm, I'm still really inexperienced in green as far as that's concerned. Uh, I do understand and appreciate that if you want more control over your script, and as I'm writing, I'm playing, the, I see the movie in my head, so I'm very visual when I'm writing. Uh, I'm just not great at the, the technical side. Um, so as long as I've got you know great crew and DP who understands me and I can relate to them how I see it and what I want, um, then, you know, then that's then that works, and it, and it has worked in the past. Uh, I'm just a little timid, I guess, and um, not used to bossing people around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is a skill that has to be trained. It's not just something that comes naturally. Right. I could definitely see having more fun as in the acting role than sitting back and, nope, you need to do this, nope, you need to do that. Of your many roles, what would you say is probably your favorite one that you've done so far? Hmm. I usually get to play kind of the bad guy, which I like. I don't really see myself as the the girl next door or the romantic lead or anything like that. Um, so being a villain is 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 great. You have much more to much more to play with there, and I don't usually get killed either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never opposed to, to to anything. I'll audition for anything I come across, which isn't a lot, to be honest, but um, which is why I make my own. Um, but uh, what's my favorite role? Huh. I, hmm, tough one. Um, I did actually get, as uh, a movie uh, that Christopher Taylor, my partner in crime, who usually does most of the directing on on my projects and he edits it and he's the cinematographer he, he pretty much is my main crew guy and um without him i wouldn't have uh, achieved any then yeah, movie wise um he also makes his own movies and he's wants to you know do more of that more of his own stuff uh, fair enough he's been helping me do my stuff for a while um and he's got his own projects he wants to work on so the pat so he started working on a, a giallo film um, called Steal Your Face before the pandemic, and we kind of got shut down with all of that 
going on. And he's he's about 90% done with it now. Uh, Katie Williams is the lead in it. Um, I play a small role, but um, I've been uh, people who've seen the, the clips of my scenes have uh, been quite uh, I don't know, traumatized is the right word, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I play a bit of a bitch, um, and they they bought it hook, line, and sinker. It was it was it was quite easy actually. It came it came quite naturally, but. Uh, Nice. We live together, so he's like, "Yeah, I know you can pull this." <laughs> so, Just be real. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, people thought, "Yeah, so, oh, well, she's really nasty." So men and women saying, "Oh, how much of a a bleep I am," and it's like, "Oh, she's really mean." It's like nailed it. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I look forward to that. I, I, I like Jello films. Hopefully it should be done this next year sometime. <laughs> Sweet. You have that. Do you have any other projects that you're working on that are coming out? Coming out is like, uh, coming out. I don't know about the coming out, but um, I've got a stack of scripts as always. Uh, brain never switches off. I try and delve into writing one project and I get another idea. I'm like, oh, squirrel, <laughs> off. Um, I know the feeling. That's why most of my stuff has been shorts so far. I mean, and Hobo is a collection of shorts, really. So um, I'm still trying to master the long form and actually finish a full feature script, which I I struggle with long form. Um, So I'm trying – so I do have a plan on putting together another anthology, but of all my – own work this time um my first movie conscience and my second film director's cut uh to tie them together um as you know it's easier to distribute features than it is shorts there's just no yeah. scope for what to do with them so i came up with a very interesting wrap to tie them together to uh make it flow I, you know with anthologies Personally, for any that I do, I like it to flow as a continuous film and not yeah. stop, start, stop, short, 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 that have no type relation. You know what I'm saying? That, that f- They can stand on their own, but there should be an interweaving story. Yeah, that, I, that, that's my preference, personally. I mean, there, there are a lot of anthologies I like, which are, which are not that format, which are just, you know individual shorts and that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that um but uh yeah not my preference for what for what i want to make so so i have um an interesting sto- stories there's stories within the story you know yeah um so I have the rap story for for this project which is tentatively titled the life and works of devlin darling a demon diva yeah that's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> um and I'm a recurring character, if you like, in each of the shorts. So it's it's almost it's like a chat show um, where you've got this scumbag chat show host who has his own like story um, interviewing my character about her career, and so that segues into each of the films. Um, uh, got to shoot the rap, and I might throw in another short short because the. Because Conscience and Director's Cut are like 
30 minutes a piece. So, I mean, the whole thing could end up being like two hours long, but I don't have a problem with that. People have short attention spans, but it's like, hey, it's value for money, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can stop it at, at, when a short's coming up and go do whatever and but yeah. But so that's uh, the next on the cards. And um, fortunately, through you know, networking at, uh, and it was at the, the Midwest Monster Fest in September through uh, another filmmaker friend, Izzy Sutton. He's out in that area. He's in uh, Iowa, just across the border in Iowa. Yep. Shout out um, to Izzy. Izzy's, Izzy's a cool dude. Yeah. So he's uh, introduced uh, and his wife, Sandra, he, they introduced me to a guy called Matt Moody, who owns a, a village theater in uh, Davenport. And he kindly offered us that uh, that location to to shoot the rap as I kind of need to fake like a live studio setting. So that would work great for that. Um, That's awesome. So I'm hopefully planning on shooting that in like s- spring sometime. And uh, you know, a lot of the guys that are, out that way they're all they're all great and uh lots of support and volunteers to come and be background and stuff and whatever i need so that that's that's awesome we've kind of got a nice little uh support team out there so i'm looking forward to that well if you ever need a podcast host in one of your movies you know where to find one <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> Got to get myself out there, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I know you can get your books on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't see you at a convention, where can people pick up your poetic works, your prints, stuff like that? So, yeah, other than um, Amazon and the, and the current books are Love is a Killer and Rhyme and Reason, Facets of a Life. Uh, I did do a book for charity too, based on my nephews, which is pretty much all sold out because um, it was just a, a, a one-off limited print run. Um, planning on more works to come out next year, different compilations on different themes and and that and you know finishing scripts and whatnot. So I've, yeah, I've got a lot to keep me keep me going. Um, you can always approach me on social media. I'm on Instagram at BritFluff1T. And so many Facebook pages. There's Bloody Brit Productions. There's Claire Fluff Llewellyn, author. There's uh, the obligatory fan page, which I don't do much with. <laughs> um, I hear the dread in your voice when you say that. The fan page. <laughs> <laughs> like 200 people on it so it's like yeah it doesn't do much but uh i uh i just did the overspill there in case i ever got to more than the cutoff of five thousand on your personal page so my you know my personal page is just claire fluff llewellyn so awesome listeners i will put all those links in the episode description for easy access and you can find me and other great podcasters over on electronicmediacollective.com or on twitter at moose media inc Claire, this has been the fun. I really enjoyed the uh, Krampus poem. Like, Thank you so much. Like as soon as you said you had it, I was like, "Oh, I can't wait." <laughs> Could I just uh, mention that I do have for the for the films? You know, Hope Over the Trash Can just got picked up for uh, global distribution. So sometime next year, that will be on a on wide release. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, Congratulations. Thanks. 
And then uh, I do have a Christmas uh, movie, which is free to find online. It's called Visitation. It's a short, it's about 13 minutes. It's free on my Bloody Brit Productions Facebook page. And it's a, a heart-wrenching Christmas movie. Well, I'll definitely uh, link that. You know, if it's the theme, go to Amazon, buy her books, go to Facebook, check out her movie, and watch for the worldwide release of her other movie. She has a lot of stuff going on, guys. Pay attention. Big things are coming. Claire, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. And until next time, Horror Hounds, mash on. This has been Bruce's Monster Bash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>